0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres (coughs) themselves. I messed up my intro already. Um, (laughs) uh, What's going on? Um, I am your host, as always, with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball work at places like Baseball FYI, Off the Bench Baseball, a uh, bunch, bunch of other places, and just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer. You could follow me on Twitter at javapeno, that's J A V I I P E N O, or the show account, which is Locked On Padres at L O underscore Padres. You could see me pointing to my name right now, and if you are seeing that, that means you're watching the YouTube. If you're not seeing that, that means you're listening to it. That's how that works. There you go. There you go, Mark. You're almost uh, getting it. Yeah, uh, okay. Get down there. <laughs> yeah, you almost got it there. It takes years <laughs> of practice and study. Um, <laughs> so uh, you guys can check that uh, out um, in the description if you're an audio listener to Locked On Padres on YouTube. And uh, you heard him just laugh a little bit there. Uh, today's episode is a fun one. Uh, a different guest, not a locked on host, which is usually what I go to when I'm just trying to put out content because it's very easy to talk to them because they're my. You know, fellow workers. So they have to say yes. <laughs> That's basically what I'm getting at here. <laughs> What's going on? I'm being sure. joined by- I did
0: not have to say a, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, you did not have to say yes. He did though, there were some other incentives on the side that we don't have to talk about, of course. But um, uh, I'm being joined by Mark DeLucci- who you might have seen around the Twitter sphere and the baseball sphere. he's writes for SB Nation. He's done stuff around the Foghorn over at FanSite, which is the San Francisco Giants site. And in terms of SB Nation, he does stuff for Golden State of Mind and Niners Nation. I will let my brilliantly intelligent listeners figure out what they think those two sites cover. Um, Mark, what's going on, man?
0: Not bad, not bad. You know, like you mentioned, you know, Giants got eliminated, which was tough. But you know, I'm right into the Niners and uh, Warriors seasons now, so you know just uh trying to stay sane uh you know there there was that point where we had warriors preseason niners regular season and giants playoffs i'd obviously love for the giants to still be playing but my schedule did get a bit more flexible so you know there's there's some positives with the negatives every once in a while you know
1: yeah absolutely man and uh, again guys thank you for tuning in to lockdown pirates making us your first listen every day available free on all platforms, like I just mentioned above. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, man, I hate baseball. I'm going to come out of the gate. I just, I hate the sport. It's a terrible sport. Uh, I don't know why I spent so much time covering it and talking about it. I just ended up in this situation, and now I'm miserable. If anybody's watching the YouTube, I am wearing my Slam Diego shirt. Funny story about this shirt. I did not choose this, okay? It was gifted to me by my dad for my birthday this past uh, summer, and my dad loves to do this thing where if he knows something I'm interested in but can't decide the specific one, he just buys it. Mm. So he hears, you want Oreos? Like I'm a big fan of like limited edition weird Oreo okay. flavors. I haven't had them in a while because I have to eat healthy and all that man. now. But uh, I was like, oh, these watermelon ones or whatever. And he bought like five cases. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, so that was a really fun. I feel like we're staying, yeah, there's
0: two details in that story that like I want to parse out separately in separate podcasts. The first <laughs> being the watermelon Oreos. And the second being five cases. I think both of those are worthy of their own, but because they're both there, I'm gonna mm-hmm. we're just gonna move on and let both of them slide. But I just wanted to
1: to note both of those details. No, I think they're very important. <laughs> it's like it's like an episode of like Dateline. What's the one what's that show called about like the deep late like weekday night show that comes out? Yeah, that's on the that Keith has, like, Morrison.
0: Yeah, it's like it was a cold <laughs> and crispy night Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh but we're not talking about murders and stuff today we're talking about murders in a different way i actually you could argue which is about the giants and stuff and people might be wondering why i had you on the show um first of all mark is brilliant everybody check him out he does all sorts of stuff not just the stuff that i mentioned he tweets a whole bunch of stuff he tweets about movies occasionally not as in such a like 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 cursed brainworms, type of way that I do, but he does tweet about a whole bunch of things that I think you guys sure, I, enjoy. This, uh, I did this, I did
0: subtle because you know, sports Twitter and Ted Lasso are like well too intertwined at this point, so especially like yeah. sports writers, Absolutely. uh, young sports journalism Twitter. <laughs> and so, like, but I like trying to avoid spoilers and trying to not get sucked into that, I was doing like very light, oh, low tone Ted Lasso spoilers and reactions without saying Ted Lasso. <laughs> so I just like was sub, I was essentially sub tweeting a TV show for, <laughs> you know, but like it'd be like one tweet a week. And if you go back, it's like, you know, Giants, 49ers, Niners, yeah, political yeah. stuff, some Warriors, some, you know, whatever. And then it's just like one yeah, tweet that doesn't fit. And if you know Ted Lasso, you know which episode I had just watched. You know, like that was th- that was kind of something that was happening for a bit. So,
1: hey. That's that's how it goes sometimes. Um, but for, we're not talking about Ted Lasso today. We're, we're not, not talking about the Giants. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. I mean, we we maybe I'll, I'll try my best. Longtime <laughs> listeners of the podcast know I am insufferable with pop culture references. This I is why you had away. me on the
0: podcast to just derail it in the first five minutes. We've, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've been trying so hard to talk about Giants and Padres, and I've taken us on I Ted did. Lasso, watermelon Oreos, five cases of them i'm that's, all over the that's place usually
1: my job no, that's the funny part is, like usually i do i hope this episode to, title is just
0: super <laughs> chaos with mark luke yes
1: it'll be like error file <laughs> um no uh but, but <laughs> in all seriousness, the reason i had you on was because back at the beginning mm-hmm. of time uh which we'll be talking about on today's episode which is the similarities between our two teams yep. i mean we are both obviously in the nl west um but what I thought was interesting is you invited me on your show a, a while ago but over at Around the mm-hmm. Podcorn, which is fansite site uh, for Giants coverage, of course. Um, and we talked Padres and Giants stuff. And I'm not sure if it was coming off of because the Giants and Padres played like twice earlier Yeah, in the it was, season, I think, and then never again. I think again. it was after <laughs> the, the first,
0: heading into the second. Giants were in first place, but mm-hmm. nobody cared. And um, yep. I think it was Padres and Dodgers were still, I think Padres might be the second at that point, actually. Um, yeah, well, probably, and it's been, yeah, 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 to... yeah. we had that conversation early. And in many ways, I think one of the last questions I asked you was like, if the Padres don't make the playoffs, what's the story? And you're like, what happens here? And you were like, well, the Giants are, end up being real, real and being real good and the Padres pitching falls apart. Um, and that kind of <laughs> just went through my head then. And, and as the season went on, I was like, geez, I, should, I really should have clipped that and like just retweeted that every couple weeks. Probably would have done some good numbers yeah. for for both you and i but yeah i i i i've thought about that quite a bit because as the season went on like a lot of what we talked about was like you know it, it, every five seconds it's me going i don't know if the giants are this good but they seem to be they, so far they've been playing pretty good so we'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. pocket that and you know the um just seeing how these two teams went has been really interesting because in many ways it's like opposite right like had the giants started strong and faded and end up with the padres were, mm-hmm. no one would have gotten fired No one would have really been, I mean, you know, there would have been some, obviously, Giants would be upset. Fans are always upset when you start well and and poorly as they should be. I'm not criticizing that, but um, you know, that wouldn't have been a big deal. The Padres do what they do this season. They're upset. They didn't, Beat the Dodgers, but they got to game five and the LDS won 107 games. They feel great. And it's just so I- ironic how both these teams, if you flip their standing, neither fan base is really upset. Obviously, the Bonders, why would they be upset? they would. But the Giants, it would still feel like, okay, they're still on the trajectory. They need to spend this offseason. They need to, you know, there's, I think there'd be a lot more pressure on the Giants to spend um, than, than there's mm-hmm. going to be. Um, for better or worse, but you know, th- that, that would be different. But otherwise I think both fan bases feel, you know, pretty okay. And then on the flip side, now giants fans are like, all right, we got like, they, like Farhan said, yeah. is god now in San Francisco. Um, yeah. and it, really around baseball. Um, and again, he's done a lot of great moves. We can parse that. Um, if we want to go in that direction, because I, I have a bit more of mixed. Again, I think he's been great as team president, but I think th- there are some, questions still sort of out there about the Giants team going forward um but now the flip side you know Padres has been you know every I mean it it does seem like everything is falling apart despite having like this huge star power um and and you kind of worry if the Padres could end up going the way I hate to bring it up but like going the way the Angels right where you have these incredible talents like Trout and Otani but the pitching just never is able to come together and then you end up sort of chasing your tail um for a number of years because you know building a, a good team isn't like it, you know. I think front offices make it like the hardest thing in the world. But you know, ultimately, no matter what system you come up with, as long as you know you have an equal number of teams who all have to play each other, someone's going to finish lower in the standings, and someone's going to finish below 500. If someone's finishing above 500, and you have the Dodgers who aren't going anywhere, I don't know about the Giants. I mean, I, I don't think the Giants are going anywhere per se. But I think there's next year's uh, preseason is going to be really interesting because Giants fans this year were like. Everyone was picking them to, to suck, mm-hmm. and then all the Giants fans were like, yep. yeah, Farhan needs to be fired, and now they're good. And so next yeah, year, yeah. we're probably going to have a bunch of pundits who are split, where some build off this year. Others expect them to regress, and then all the people that predict the Giants to regress are like Giants fans. By midseason, Giants fans had flipped. it had gone from Farhan sucks to all these reporters hate us. The small market San Francisco yeah. never gets any mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, there was some like obnoxious. I know the Dodgers ended up being the Giants, but it was great when it was like Dodgers, best team baseball, still in second. It's like, guys, I mean, look, you know, I like. Yeah, still in you, second. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, I like, like that too. If you want to say, like, look, if so, the thing is, like, you have such an easy cop out. If you say most talented, we could debate that. And, like, Giants fans would still get us. A, but that, when you couldn't prove that wrong, best team they, They're two games back, or I mean, you know, they ended up it's, it's, it, it winning. Was, it was an absurd thing where. Because no one knew what to make of the Giants. I didn't, and I was following them closely. No one knew what to make of them. And that's going to make them just the absolute demon for so many people having to prognosticate next season. Because this mm-hmm. season's team was not that different than last season's team. That was a 500 team and would have made barely missed the expanded playoffs. And it's probably I, I I hope I'm wrong. I hope for anxiety and Charles Johnson open up that checkbook and they come into next year with Marcus Stroman and Kevin Gossman's come back and, the, and the, you know and they resign Chris Bryant. Maybe, you know, they re- bring in another the Nick Cosne so, Yeah, you know, I'm just naming names. But I don't think next year's team is gonna look a lot different from this year's team, which also mm-hmm. won 107 games and last year won twenty nine out of sixty and you know, like there again, there's been turnover, Lamont Wade obviously comes in, but it's like there's not Um, it's going to be fascinating. Um, and again, as someone who's going to have to make predictions and and make bold picks, you know, it's going to be really interesting because Farhan Zaidi loves making moves. I I remember there's one MLB front office person when the Giants had hired him. He'd been there a year and he was talking about, um, he'd worked with Zaidi pretty closely previously. And he talked about, he was sort of going through different people he's worked with. He's like, you know, this guy likes doing this and, and, and Farhan just loves that circle of the waiver wire and making moves and trying to make every, like, it's just like every, like, I mean, Farhan has become like what Jerry DePoto dreamed, dreamt of being, you know, like making, a, mm-hmm. and to be fair, yeah. Seattle likes to prove, sorry, I, you know, I shouldn't necessarily knock that too much, but, but he's done that. But that also means like, you have no idea what this roster is going to look like in June of next year.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And as you guys can tell, Mr. DeLucci is, he's the juggernaut. You know what I mean? Once he gets going, no object can stand in his way. You know what I mean? So I'm going to try my best to take just a quick break, guys, before we continue talking about the Giants and the spending thing, which is what I wanted to talk to you about specifically because you made a great point when we first chatted back in whenever the April, mm-hmm. May, whatever it was. Um, before we get into that, though, guys, this episode is brought to you by, aside from Mark's uh, madness, Rock Otto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure these these questions, EX, LX? I, I don't even know what that means. I don't. I don't know anything about this whatsoever. I don't, yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> I don't so know. Rock but Auto
0: sounds, sounds good to me.
1: Don't worry about it, man, because we all have computers. We've got phones in our pockets and at home, and you can go to Rock Auto, save time and money, which is the biggest, most important thing, obviously. You can save, you know, 30 50 even 100 percent more on all your purchases you know for example Honda odyssey fuel pump costs 353 from chain stores well it's only 216 from rock Auto. that's pretty a good deal it's a good deal pretty good deal and on top of that you know they've got a really easy to use catalog really easy to navigate and they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps motor, oil, and even new carpet so what in the world are you waiting for? Everyone needs car stuff. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliable low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Again, guys, thanks for making Locked On Padres your first listen. Hashtag first listen. Every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Platforms. Platforms, baby. Mark.
0: <laughs> Farm and content farms.
1: Remember Farmville? Remember I do Farmville? remember Farmville. Farmville. I
0: there. didn't. I didn't play. I, I we, that was the, the, the one bit. that was huge in my middle school. Was um, it was uh, what was the U Facebook? Univer the university one. It was like it was like you built your own college and stuff. And since it was like me and like sports friends, oh, we we, we all juiced up, juiced up those time. facilities. Juiced up those facilities, and that was after my and time. then there was a brief time where there was a sports bar. And uh, that that was that was huge uh, among the bros who apparently wanted to like own a bar. Apparently, that was the that was the vision we all had. out. It's like upgrade. We're going to buy another TV to air football. It was it was such an absurd game. It didn't last very long. I don't think it had much traction outside of like twelve people and maybe just at yeah. my school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember like Fun Run was a game for us. Mm-hmm. But anyway, before we mm-hmm. get into that, speaking of spending money on resources and stuff. That's the big thing I wanted to talk to yep. you, Mark is because you made a point back when we uh, had I, back when I was on your mm-hmm. show. Right. And the point that you made was you were interested in the idea that the Padres spending all this yep. money. Right, they became all of a sudden the big market Padres. Everybody's been joking about that. The big market Padres taking advantage of the the small market Yankees and all these teams. Right, that was kind of the big bit and a joke going around uh, for a while. And then you brought up the idea where it was like, I wonder if this is going to translate into you know coaching, into pitching coaching, into player development and all this training staff. And I thought it was an excellent point. Yeah, and to the training staff, and I think it's very interesting because we saw this year, I mean, the Padres fired Larry Rothschild with like four weeks to go left in the season. They fired Jace Tingler. Everybody's freaking out. You have the athletic piece that drops mm-hmm. talking about how player development's a mess. A.J. Peller doesn't it wasn't as much of a hit piece on him as say the one for the Rockies with Jeff Gridrich was where everyone was like, yeah, we have no idea what he's, he's doing. Bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, the Preller one was like, there's a lot of problems here, but then there were some people who defended him and stuff, which I thought was, at least. it feels like, I mean, Preller, obvious, but... Preller does seem, I mean, he is, sorry. Um, uh, t- no, go to for me, it. I love this. Let's to do me,
0: it. This is the Mark DeLuke locked on Padres podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, t- to me, Preller is in that like, DePoto realm. And I say, like, part of the reason I have trepidation on Zaidi mm. is I don't know. I think Zaidi, I have a hope, and I think he sees himself in sort of a different vision than someone like DePoto or Preller. And even, I think, to a certain extent, although he's not quite as extreme, Andrew Friedman, where They've kind. They embrace the marginalism economics to the extreme that has come with sort of the, the post moneyball ball era of like front office person out of Harvard economics and you know um you know AI generated uh, models and whatnot.
1: Yeah, kids who walk into the room with their Princeton. Right. Shirts. They got yeah,
0: and, and um you know I was talking about my friend from college who had like just got a new haircut and had like the white like scout at a game polo and I was like he doesn't know anything else. Yeah, yeah. I was like you have no idea what this means but you look exactly like will MLB front office executive <laughs> right now, but anyway, you can guess what race and uh, Racy is by the way, just from that and for all, all the listeners out there. But anyway, um, <laughs> but um, you, you know when you, when you see like Depoto and Preller, they are people who a lot of people in baseball hate their guts. Um, there was a minor league game I went to, and there were several scouts from around baseball. There, all of them had been at some point fired by Jerry Depoto at his various stops mm. um and, and i think preller is someone who again to a certain extent they both love making moves they both like doing a lot of things on the margins and but i think a way they've mm-hmm. but with the underrated part of how a lot of front office executives work their way up is they find ways to cut costs for teams right they say look you're spending one million on the scouting department i can do the same thing for three hundred fifty thousand if we get one analyst in here and a you know a good mm-hmm. you know um, you know server system right like like and so what's under, what's under the cover of a lot of these new age things are just cutting costs, right? That's what the Astros are the extreme of, right? And, and, and I think that built a, a lot of other problematic cultures that we saw come out, whether it was the cheating or Brandon Taubman or all these other things, mm-hmm. and, or uh, training for Roberto Azuna. And um, so I think yeah. Preller kind of falls in that case, and that was my read from the athletic arc too, is the people who defended him were saying his methods can work. Like what he's doing is good mm-hmm. baseball. But what these people often miss is the people part of it. That one, you're burning a lot of bridges. And two, that ultimately what you're doing isn't necessarily making anything better. It's perhaps keeping it the same at less price, which does nothing for anyone but ownership and maybe your relationship with ownership. And I think that is mm-hmm. my concern for Zaidi in the same way, is that you know the Giants have been this big market thing. They should well be outspending the Padres. But I wonder if part of the reason the Giants made the switch they did when they hire him is they hope he could bring the same levels of success at less cost, which again does nothing for anyone but ownership. Like I don't like people like to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays, and yes, they're very good at building a, a winning baseball team, but I don't like this is there this was got. the mistake of Ball, right? This is what if my if I could go. Thank you. Oh. This is what Michael Lewis no, do it, did. Do it, do it. I've been saying this for so long. Yes, thank like, you. Go. This is what Michael Lewis did with Moneyball. Is he wrote a cool story about how businesses could make more money? That's mm-hmm. all Moneyball is about. And again, look, I read Moneyball. I watched Moneyball. Like it was a huge part of forming, you know, my passion for baseball and, and performing yeah, I what I ha- am today. But we have to reevaluate. Sort of, fans, you shouldn't care about luxury tax you shouldn't care if you're you shouldn't even care if your owner makes money obviously your owner is going to try to make money look you if every fan base said we want our owner to lose 100 million dollars a year that owner is still not going to lose 100 million dollars a year. that owner will make sure he makes money he is looking Mm -hmm. like you don't need to look out for him and and so it's Anyway, I'm curious to see because Zaidi has emphasized people and sort of, you know, being like, I don't want to cut here. Like, I think he has with what the Giants have done. Again, to be fair to Friedman, the Dodgers have, have, have done similar things to this where. They've, you know, expanded obviously in, in a lot of sort of the traditional ways of metrics, but the Giants had the biggest coaching staff in baseball, right? The Giants have invested in expanding their player yeah. development staffs, and that was something before Zaidi, but Zaidi's continued it. So, you know, we've seen that investment everywhere, and that's something I, I, think, more organizations could benefit from doing. And that's something I was skeptical with the Padres, and from the athletic piece that tells me Preller is not doing that. Preller has specific things he wants to invest in that he believes in, but everything else he is willing to cut costs that, to sort of justify that and, and make that work and i think we've seen some of those issues and one that's going to burn a lot of bridges that's going to ruin some relationships but that's also going to make your, your organization really reliant on a fewer number of people right and, and we all know yes. about anything whether we were in a club in school whether we worked a job at a company the fewer people you're relying on can work great if those few people are really good and it can work terribly yep. if any one of those people aren't right and i think that's something where the padres are you know we've seen kind of dealing with that now that they're cleaning house brother's really going to need to nail a lot of these hires
1: yeah absolutely i mean that's a connection to the padres team you know they trade what is it like 31 players for nine guys what you're basically mentioning that's a good point is it just is this just a a sport where one of my takeaways from the series we have to remember that it's baseball and that is this just a sport where you want to get those four studs And there's a bunch of guys who will be good against one team. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, is that how deep the numbers go? Is it that you're like, we're going to pick up uh, Davies because we know he'll be amazing against the five teams that we're playing Mm. in the second half? for night games whatever right like is that the way to build that intricately then you get your Tatis and your Machado and your Corbin with and vice versa for the Giants maybe that's this offseason it's I don't know Corey Seager who made an awesome mistake in the <laughs> infield uh the time we're recording today uh we're recording on a Tuesday this is releasing on a Thursday that was phenomenal currently while we're recording it's 5-2 I've been glancing over a little bit every now and then um so you have that but I've been saying the same thing, and I'll be a much less educated in and intellectual way about the Rays and how I think we have these teams that we take the wrong things from Moneyball, yeah. right? And Moneyball, the movie, like it's got that Sorkin writing. I'm a Sorkin fan. He's 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 just a great job. Yeah, it, you, right? if and you, he does all if you accept,
0: you know, like some things are going to be a bit distorted, but it, it can be enjoyable to
1: watch, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very good. I think he I think he sometimes gets a little bit more hate for certain mm-hmm. things. Some things, no, I, I understand it, and I don't think he's not to go down the rabbit hole of politics and all that. I think some things he's he there is a need for his thing. And then currently in the year 2021, I'm like mm, I don't want to think this uh, kumbaya way. For he he, a he was but, re- he
0: would have he was really great. Like if we could put his stuff in 1980, maybe yeah, maybe maybe we can so. move the him.
1: And then just in terms of people, I think that the, the writing and whatnot. But before we get into that uh, too much, I guess we could say that we'll have to do that for the movie podcast. But like I think teams look at Tampa. And they look at the thing I will say about Tampa is that at least Tampa, it works lowercase W. I know they haven't won a world series, which is why I've been making fun of them for where I'm like, everyone loves today. Yep. The Rays are the most lovely uh, organization. They right. run it so well. Look at them. They're always there. And I'm like, win a world series first, then we could talk a little bit more. Oh, well look at the Dodgers. They're so incredible. I remember preseason when people were talking all this shit, right? They're like, Oh wow. The, the Padres made all these moves just to lose to the Dodgers in five games. I'm like, That could happen. The Dodgers are still better in my opinion. Keep in mind, this is back in April. But I was like, what has given you the confidence over Howie Kendrick, who's beating them in the playoffs, right? And Cardinals teams year in, year out. And we're like, oh, 60-game season. That's good now. I think that the Rays are a little bit of an – what's what's the word? An outlier in this where I think that we look at the Rays, but then you look at Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Then you look at Oakland. Then you look at Cincinnati, where they do the not spend money on their team thing, except it actually doesn't produce results. The Cleveland going soon to be Guardians, which I think rules, by the way. I don't know about you. I thought that name was just I, awesome.
0: I'm cool with it. I'm pretty different. My dad, since he's, you know, born, and he's like, Cleveland Rocks would be cool because rock and roll in the museum. I was like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland rocks. rocks? I'm like, that sounds terrible. <laughs>
1: I just thought of the Patrick it, Star thing. All oh, right, Rocky, you can do yeah, whatever but you want. Yeah, Cleveland Rocks um, he's like
0: it could be a rock and a guitar. I'm like, that's terrible, Dad. Don't go. On. Thankfully, he wasn't in marketing, but nonetheless, yeah. I'm. Cool. But anyway, um, Pittsburgh Pirates are another team, right? That that you know is yeah, been 100 percent atrocious.
1: It's just, it's just like Cleveland literally made the World Series, and I swear on my life. I know I'm I'm a little bit of a weirdo and I don't remember things as much but like I swear all they've done is progressively sell and trade off more and more players since they were literally in the World Series. So there's a bunch of these issues where I think yes you do praise the fact that, hey, and also I, I'm a big fan of the Rays fans. They're lovely, kind mm-hmm. people in my experience. They are not mean. They are just like, hey, Listen, we traded for there's only, uh, this random Okay, but dude. you got it. There's love only them.
0: like three of them, okay? Anyone who pays any attention to oh, them. stop.
1: I mean, B. don't, you know.
0: Uh, look, I, I haven't interacted with the Rays fans. So maybe, I, maybe now I'm making enemies with the state of Florida's huge pro
1: baseball. Anyway, sorry. I, I don't know why I'm just taking yeah, hot shots good, at the Rays man. fan base. <laughs> Before we take more shots at more people, because I have a feeling that's gonna go for sure, guys. Let me talk to you about betting. That's right, guys. Everybody loves talking about betting. We're back and better than ever, not just for football, but for basketball. That's right. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before over at Bet Online, your number one sport spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. But of course, aside from bash one football, you'll listen to a baseball podcast. They also cover baseball. They also cover hockey and boxing and UFC and probably when the heck are the Oscars? No, much longer. From that. We're in Oscar season and we're going to have the, and, <clears throat> I don't want to go down that route. I hate the Oscars. Anyway, uh, bet online <laughs> is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, guys, whatever it is, future stuff, they're available. Go check it out. online, where the game starts. Mark, um, oh, man. I, you know, I have to catch myself every now and then before I get mad at the Oscars. Man.
0: Welcome back to Locked on Movies Podcast. I am your host. <laughs> Locked
1: on <laughs> Movies Podcast. Um, but, like, I, I think this is a great point. That's what I've been saying for so long is I do think we take the, long, the wrong lessons from it mm-hmm. all. There are good lessons to learn from that movie, um some from the book as well which I have not read but i, I think there are things to take away the from funny part of the book sure. is
0: reading it back there's this it, like one of the big things is about the draft because the a since they've lost all those free mm-hmm. agents right Giambi and whatnot in the old system when again it mm-hmm. blows my mind that teams didn't figure out how they you a type a free agent used to get you the other team's first round pick and a supplemental first round pick and there's no limits on cap anyway um teams missed there was, if there was one team that figured out if we just spent like $15 million in signing bonuses on one draft, we'd be like set. Like we could just make that recurring. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But the, one of the things, they had seven picks in the first two rounds. They didn't have enough money to spend full slot. So they needed to sign other slot guys. And it's like the, when you read it back, because this was only a couple years after the draft, a lot of the guys they were like passing. It's like they found Mark Tihan And like they yeah. – it's like. And they they found you know and, and it's like the one guy who ends up turning out to be great is Nick Swisher, but Nick Swisher was a consensus pick. like that wasn't even a surprise anyway. Um, and it's like the year before yeah. they take Jeremy Bonderman who was a high school pitcher, and they shouldn't have done that. and he's like, Prince Fielder, the one guy who was too fat for Billy Bean like I well, would have been a great. Pick. but anyway um but yeah,
1: yeah I, no, there's on, I think that I think that. There are things about it that, are true. Like, I mean, the movie obviously is has in it and all these guys, but it does leave out, and I think it's the most obvious thing. It it leaves out what's his face. Hold on, I'm forgetting. The guy who literally wins the MVP for that team that year, who's just not mentioned at all, at all in the movie, which is at hilarious. All. Who was Miguel it? Miguel Tejada, right? His name is. Miguel right and he Tejada. left the year be, he,
0: might have, be he might have left the year four. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of players. I mean, basically, the entire offense is not Scott Haddeberg, gets ignored. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and Moneyball, what Moneyball is, right, is like really interesting for someone who wants to like think about baseball to work in baseball, right? And um, I, I and because sports is such a big deal, so many people want to work in it. Kids grow up, they want to play. Many realize can't play, they want to coach or be a GM. And I think what Moneyball does is it's the transition of of, of sports fans. Growing up who can't play wine to be a coach to growing up a wine to be a GM. That's kind of the cultural shift that happens. Mm. But mm. when you truly mm. step back and think about it, Moneyball is a book, like let's make it about a different industry. It's a book about how a car manufacturer on a lower budget figured out how to make as good a car as one of the big five, let's just say, right? You know, mm. Ford and you know, Toyota, whatever. Yeah. It found out mm. a lower budget. What happened with Moneyball is the equivalent of me, a car consumer, wanting – because I've read this book about making a car cheaper that's as good, wanting and getting upset at people who say Ford and those other companies are spending too much money. Like they need to spend less money, be more efficient like this. You shouldn't care if your price is the same. right? The price of admission is the same for a most of you know that's a
1: good thing to preface is that like in some other sports there's a much harder cap so that's yeah. like creates a whole thing where you all right you could argue whether or not there should be caps and whatnot but it just yeah, in yeah, general yeah. football it's like that's part of the strategy where people right. are like there's an allocation issue it. here
0: yeah
1: it, yeah that, this is more like oh can we just do it for less right and then that's yeah. one of the things with baseball where i do like i said i worry about that and i'm wondering with just to tie a bow on it whether or not. You know, the Padres were praised for how much money they spent, and I think rightfully so to a degree. Because keep in mind, this is not the Yankees. This is not some of those other teams. It's not even the Giants, right? Where like they genuinely it's like it's a start. Now we have to see. I talked about on a previous episode where like this money and on the investment, all that you saw, you know, they got a lot of praise for when the pandemic first started, that they paid for their staff and whatnot all the way Mm -hmm. through October. But then minor league stuff. They did not have nearly as much as your team in terms of certain things. I don't have it in front of me right now. But like that's one yeah. area. And now, of course, we got that news earlier this week, of course. But in general, I'm very curious to see like what I'm curious to see who they hire as their their manager. I know you guys are killing it right now, but I'm wondering that is that is a great question, right? Is this going to and you put out a tweet earlier today kind of stressing this where it's like, you know, are they gonna resign Bryant? We have to yeah. see whether or not this is going to be one of those things where they use the excuse of their team doing well as, as a sort of excuse to not spend more. Yeah. And that's what keeps happening in baseball. The and Mariners well, might do the same thing. You know what I mean? They might be like, well, look yeah. at us. We were right there, guys. It's like, well, was it a little fluky, a little bit? It was fun as hell. Right. I will say that. Right. That was a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team. But is it? are you going to be able to replicate that? Right? So, And I often find why not times make it better? Yeah. And why not make it better? Right. So, and why one, not? one of my takes always in baseball has been, I don't think that the, the, the money is, is what annoys me at baseball for contracts. I'm always just like, I wish this was like the NBA where Tatis only signs for five years and then we're having a friggin' you know, NBA or MLB round table, just freaking out about where he's going to go, whether or not he's going to stay. I wish well, the money could be the same. I know that there's so many different layers to why that can't exactly yeah. happen, but in an ideal world, I wish that we stopped the 14 year contracts. It's just me. I don't know. I think that for Pogba, it's awesome. But just as a sports fan, I don't think it's as fun.
0: Well, here's the thing about it is it does limit sort of like the excitement around player movement. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing, though, for me, and this is – I'll, I guess, start by talking about the Giants point you're talking about with Zaidi is that, you know, Brian Sabian, Bobby Evans – ran this team Evans was the assistant GM for years next to Sabian for pretty much most of the 21st century early part of the first dynasties win three world series Sabian kind of steps away, takes a less prominent role. And so Evans becomes either GM or president, but essentially the top uh, baseball ops guy, and then sort of is phased out and they hire Zaidi to be team president. Um, and when this happens, people again zayani made sense he would have been my top target too given connections to the dodgers connections to the to the a's i mean it wasn't like a it wasn't yeah but the one thing that has happened over the last couple years is principal owner uh, of the giants charles johnson has made the news for a lot of just google charles johnson political donations and have some fun thinking about that if you're a giants fan but um he's also taken a more prominent role in the organization rob dean has become who's uh well, connected business partner with Charles Johnson has taken a more prominent role on the business side of things. His son has taken a more prominent role. And so, when that hire is made, there's two things that cross my mind. One is, sure, Zaidi went with the Dodgers, right? Andrew Friedman took the raise way to the big market in the Dodgers and look at the success it's had. Is my, my concern at the time, though, was are they hiring Zaidi to, because people would say now they're going to have a guy who's going to spend money more efficiently and it's going to help the Giants be better. And My question is, was it about giving higher anxiety so he could spend the same amount of money and win even more games? Or was it about higher anxiety so they could win the same amount of games and less money? Which, again, gets back to the point we've kind of circled back to multiple times this year where, look, I don't care if they win 85 games with a $2 million payroll or a $200 million payroll. And so for me, since I like players more than I like owners, I want that to be as high as possible just on principle. And so – you know that this question is now becoming more prominent in Giants world because the first two years the Giants had the excuse, well we're still retooling. We have all these proven vets under contract. We don't yeah. want to now those proven vets are contracts are coming up. They've already extended Brandon Crawford. They'll surely accept the team option on Buster Posey, if not work mm. out an extension, which it seems like they're going to do. But you know, Kevin Gossman's a free agent. He's gonna be a premium starting pitcher. If they let him go, then they're gonna to need to sign someone else. Anthony DiSquavani pitched well enough to probably get a three-year, $50 million, $40 million range. That's not a lot, but that's not nothing. And yeah, so, I don't know if they – w-
1: I have a feeling they won't do that though.
0: I, I have a feeling have- they're going to offer if, – if I were in charge, and I'm not sure if they will, but I, I, I'd offer him a qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. Um, for, And that what that could do is just tank his market to the point that they, he accepts it. it. wouldn't shock me because – you know, I could understand. Like it seemed like the Padres going, hey, Anthony Scafani for three years, forty five million, would be pretty good value. But it doesn't seem like the Padres willing to do that and give up the draft capital for Anthony Scafani. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, you know, they trade for Chris Bryant. Are they going to resign Chris Bryant? And so, mm-hmm. I like, I, I, I'm seeing the Giants fans sort of fall into this like reactive habit about the Giants won 107 games. You can't question them. And I, I made the tweet yesterday's idea in his press conference. A Buster Posey's the top priority. So that's sort of how we know they're. Assigned to an extension, if not ex- just accept the team option. Um, but he talks about with Chris Bryant, he goes, look, he's gonna have a lot of suitors, you know, kind of the and again, it's nothing, you know, Scott Boris is Bryant's agent, it's not out of the question. You know, you maybe don't want to give him extra leverage. They could go and resign Chris Bryant for six years, 120, 150, whatever million dollars. Mm-hmm. But I I I tweeted a response to it and it was sort of like this is the concern with the Giants, is that if they are content winning. With you know players like Lamont Wade, keep sort of winning on the margins. One, I don't think that's as sustainable. Like it's going. He's had an incredible hit rate of finding guys, whether it's Mike Shremsky, Lamont Wade, to all yeah. these players who he's essentially the Giants acquired for nothing or very little. But that's not a successful. Like that's not as sustainable, right? Like you are always better betting on a Chris Bryant than you are trying to find another Lamont Wade. Like that's not rocket science. Um, and the other thing is, again, we're starting to get to the point where. You just want 107 games. You don't have the excuse of we're trying to retool now. You should be spending at least 180, 190 million dollars a year in payroll, which is what the Giants did under Evans and Sab- in the last year of Evans and Sabian's ten years. And so um, this is going to be kind of that moment of truth. And I think the Padres fans should be interested in this because if the Giants don't spend, yeah, that's a huge win mm-hmm. for the Padres. Yeah, because, oh yeah,
1: that's what I was going to finish up with.
0: <laughs> that's 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 huge because now you know. Like even the Dodgers, as again the Dodgers, you know, relative to other organizations, not to criticize their spending, but even they have held back. You know, not too long ago, they were running two hundred, two hundred twenty with luxury tax, two hundred fifty million dollar payrolls. Not too long ago, they're now sitting right on that luxury tax. Like all of a sudden, that luxury tax number has become really important to teams because it's an easy way to save money. And ownership, I think, has realized that while the union hasn't agreed to a salary cap, if all of them just kind of quietly agree to treat it like a salary cap, then they have. Then they're in in heaven because then they haven't had to concede any of the things that a union would normally get to get a salary cap, and they can just pretend it's there. And again, that's where I want to be critical of fans and especially media to be fair. that that it fuels a lot of this is I think we shouldn't be as focused on the luxury tax line as other sports are on the salary cap because they're different things. Luxury tax isn't a limitation. Yeah. On teams in the same way, salary caps, league like literally are. You cannot sign certain contracts in other leagues because of the collectively bargaining agreement. That is not the case
1: um, in baseball. Absolutely, that's very well said, sir. Before we kind of wrap this up, one final thing, just one quick, immediate thing, so that way you know the aggregators and whatnot. It's your take. If I can cold takes expose you if it doesn't happen or what have you. Who are the Giants signing? What's the big splash that they make in free agency? If anything. <sighs>
0: Um, I think Bryant heading into the offseason, I thought he was 60, 40, 75, 25 going to stay. After yesterday's comments, I know it's you know it's all reading tea leaves at this mm. point. I'd say it's probably about 50 50, maybe even 45 55 at this point that he ends up elsewhere. One thing for Bryant is I don't think he's going to have as great a greater market as he expects. I think Boris is going to try to get Anthony Rendon yeah. money.
1: Yeah, and I don't think so either. Bryant. Either.
0: Yeah. And. Uh, so I think he might and I think he likes San Francisco so I think he might end up staying but on a lesser deal than expected like in the you know rather than I think he's going to shoot for that like 200 million Anthony Rendon I don't think anyone's going to give him that I think there might be some teams that offer him in the 140 150 like George Springer range and I think he might that might be end up maybe 135 six years about where he signed with the Giants if he resigns Uh, but I think I mean you look at the offense one they have the excuse there's not a lot of holes to fill they could walk into next year and pretty much a catcher you got Posey at first base you sure you got uh, Lamont
1: Wade and all those guys are gonna be the same thing that's the whole question right like whether I don't know
0: but I'm saying they, they can justify it
1: right if it wasn't the question them, is honestly. there's the a question lot of guys, is, guys that would have to regress yeah. you know what I'm saying
0: yeah the question is whether they can justify it because I don't know the internal conversations mm-hmm. about what they're trying to do like uh, you know and the other thing is the Giants are perfectly made for consolidation trades. Like I've been waiting for the trade where we where the Giants trade proven outfield talent to get a starting pitcher from the Marlins for 3 years. I've been calling it for 3 years. Because the
1: Giants have I think 17 every out, like, to do that right now by the way. But, I have a feeling. But,
0: but the thing is the Giants have things that other teams don't and that they truly do have a surplus in the outfield in like either the, in both the upper minor leagues, the lower minor leagues and the major league level. Like if the Giants Mike Isseymski has two more years at the minimum and three years of arbitration team control left. The Giants could, if you, especially if you resign Bryant, pretty much spot Bryant in for Isseymski in a heartbeat. And that's probably a better, more proven outfielder than most other teams are going to put out there without needing like a super huge return. Like, is Mike Isseymski and uh, I'm just going to name a Giants prospect, Diego Rincones, or someone like that. It, is that enough to move the needle for the Padres on? Maybe not necessarily Pablo Lopez or Sandy Alcantara, but maybe you know uh, a combination like Braxton Garrett and Ignatier. again, I don't know who the Giants would prefer. But so it's going to, I think, depend on what those trades look like because the Giants, right? Logan Webb now looks like an ace out of nowhere, but yeah. outside of him, every other start in the rotation is a free agent, so they have four rotation spots they need to fill. And so it depends what those trades look like. Like if they're able to pull off a trade for a premium start, if they do this year's Blake Smell or this year's Yu Darvish deal. Then they don't need to sign a premium starting pitcher. Um, I, again, I love Marcus Stroman. He also won't cost a draft pick, so it, like to me, I would be all over that. I'd be trying to resign mm-hmm. Kevin Gauss, Kevin Gossman, like um, bring hard. him back, and, and then because wow. uh, like again, they have the money. If you could walk into next year with Logan Webb, Kevin Gossman, and Marcus Stroman as your top three, that's just three really like good, like really good starters. And, yeah, they um, might not make know, the
1: headlines all the time. There might not be that Corbin right. Burns 15 strikeout one hit performance. Exactly. But it's kind of like I think that what I'm interested in is, say, like a rotation like Houston's where it was literally just a bunch of guys who in the very technical term of just quality start will go six innings, only give up three, and the offense will do the rest. That's kind of what the Astros right. did this year. Now it's hurting them a little bit, hopefully not, because Boston yeah. Sports is a scourge well, on this planet. But, well, I guess I think we're going to have to see that, you know. And Go ahead fish finish up. Yeah. It, it,
0: no, and uh, yeah, so I think, you know, but also I think Webb's throw, shown an upside that I think it is legitimate ace caliber. Gossman kind of comes sure. in and out of that, depending on, on how his feel for his split is. So, you know, I think it's probably going to come on starting pitching. Um, you know, Corey Seager, I thought for a while, made a lot of sense. Now that Longoria's played the way he mm-hmm. has and
1: Crawford's locked in at shortstop,
0: you know, maybe they sound to play second base. But I, I think, I, I you know, um, one that would be— I'd
1: be careful about Longa. I'd be careful about I, that one.
0: Look, I I he's don't necessarily – dis-
1: is what I'm saying. But, yeah, I know what you mean. True, but – it's is an Eric I, Cosmer I, level of he's going to be every other year, but it's it's certainly – there's at least a reason to be –
0: I'm on the Longo train, but, yeah, no, I understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing is if they let Chris Bryant walk, I would not be shocked if they make a run at mm-hmm. Chris Taylor because he kind of does a lot of similar mm-hmm. things and True. was probably less costly. And he came from the Dodgers, right? Like right-handed platoon guy who they can kind of slot into center field and move around. Um, but, yeah, I think it's probably got to come up starting pitching. But I'm honestly very curious because I think there's a chance that the Giants walk into next season having not spent 50, more than $50 million on any free agent signing. I don't think it's out of the question that they let Gosman walk, resign Dee Sclafani or resign Alex Wood and do another piecemeal rotation and they walk into next year. And sure, they could win 107 games again. But that would be really disheartening for me as a fan because that says to me, okay, this is a team that is not committed to, like, they're committed to being good and not being a top spender. That Absolutely. is like their commitment. They're prioritizing not spending over winning. Where, you know, again, I, my tweet was about Bryant, and a lot of Giants fans are like, well, there's reasons. Yeah, if they let Bryant walk, but sign Marcus Strowman or sign, you know, one of the, you know, Corey Seeger or whatever. Yeah, I don't, you know, but the question is whether they're going to spend at all, not who it's on. Me because I think there are so many ways it could go because they have so much flexibility on this roster, right, that you can move so many guys around. Yep. It's going to come down to, I think, it's the question of if they spend,
1: not who they spend it on, I
0: guess, is, is my answer.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the history of the San Francisco Giants brought to you by Mr. Bartolucci. Uh, sir, First, Christy we-
0: Matthewson threw a no. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Before we uh, wrap this up, officially – what do you got? What do you have to plug? I have your Twitter if people are watching the YouTube already in there, but what uh, do you have to plug and what are you working on? Tell the Yeah, I'd say, I mean, if, if
0: you're a Bay Area sports fan, I think that's my uh, lead demo in my lead market. You know, like As Javi uh, mentioned, I cover the 49ers for Niners Nation. I cover the Golden State Warriors for Golden State of Mind. Um, I'm leaving around the Foghorn now, but I'm still going to be covering the Giants um, all around. So, um, you know, Giants, uh, pretty much three pro sports. You know I mentioned you might get some subtweets of TV shows I'm watching um, you might get so you you actually I definitely will get some political stuff in there again I am interested in you know the intersections of sort of how you know essentially the social sciences interact with sports right when we're talking about money ball and all this Such stuff a nerd. I'm gonna go on for another <laughs> I'm gonna go on for another hour and a half about this hobby so let uh but um, you know 100%. like I, so you know I, I I think sports like sports get you hooked like by the game itself but I think at a certain point like if you dive into it, like I've always made the point, you could learn every subject through school, through a sports centered curriculum. And mm-hmm. I think that'd be a way to, uh, anyway. but you know, like, I, I think there's just so many interesting things um, that, that we see coming on. whether it's we're talking about the dynamics of labor, which is going to be a huge part of this off season with the collective yes, car, agreement coming up. <laughs> I, look, you know, I'm just saying it's going to be um, a, a lot of interesting things. Um, are going to be happening in baseball and beyond. And I'm gonna be yapping about it. Because as you can tell, I do not shut up. I refuse. I refuse. Yes, it's really remarkable. Stop talking.
1: It's really remarkable. I thought that there wasn't anyone who could talk more obnoxiously than me, though. I'm kidding. Uh guys, you've been listening. We've been going for a long time. If you're still here, thank you. But uh yeah, that about yes. does it, guys. Thank you for making locked on padres your first listen every day. And now, guys. Make Locked On MLB your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. Please, please. He's begging him. Call him Sully. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. In terms of the future of this podcast, guys, I don't really know right now, to be perfectly honest with you. We'll probably be talking about Mike Schilt, who might be getting hired, might not be. I'll probably get more upset about the Tatis shoulder injury news. I don't know exactly, but hopefully, you enjoyed today's episode of Baseball Economics and what have you. Uh, Baseball Economics One Hundred and One. The course is offered. We didn't even talk about the Padres manager search. What am I doing here? It's okay. What am I doing here? Hire Bruce Bochy. You're more than welcome to be back on the podcast another time when. Something happens. I don't know. There's always gonna be stuff that happens. <laughs> or when, when nothing
0: happens back. and you need to fill an hour. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm here. I'm I'm great exactly. for nothing happening. Let Mark just yap for an hour and a half. Uh
1: but yeah, feel free to um uh follow Mark and whatnot on Twitter and stuff, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Potteries Podcast. As I said at the beginning, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Feel free to follow my account on Twitter at Javapeno, j a v i i p e n o or Lockdown Padres at l o underscore Padres. Subscribe to the YouTube channel Lockdown Padres. Really good stuff on there. You can see whatever shirt Mark was wearing. I didn't reveal that. I revealed That's my true. Slam Diego shirt, which might true. be the new bit that I do of the podcast from now on. Because you know what's funny, guys, I got this shirt.
0: Huh. I got this shirt in San Diego. This event was in oh. San Diego.
1: We won't say what it is because if you're listening, you gotta go over to YouTube. Yeah, you gotta to go check it check out. It out. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 was... great. Let me tell you guys, great stuff. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I wear mine because there's a there's a there's a criminal on this shirt. To be honest with you, uh, out of the floor, this shirt be.
0: explains <laughs> if you see this shirt, it explains a lot of what I'm talking about today, and even the how. <laughs> it definitely I've
1: done. does. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> does. Uh, Without all being said, guys, um, until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. I cry faithful.